Welcome to another edition of the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris, and I'm joined today by A.D. Robles. Hey, A.D. And uh, A.D., are you concerned at all about coming on a podcast with a white guy as the host? I don't know if you're triggered by that. I, I thought you were brave frankly. I, Thank you. I, not only am I triggered, but I'm traumatized <laughs> and I really need you to start practicing decentering your own whiteness. Um, here's a statue I have and I put this here. It's a white man and I just thought I would do that to maybe Thank you. as Thank a you. peace offering. You're welcome. We'll just leave him there for the rest. He's a crusader actually. So, I mean, hey, it's the best statue I could find. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, an hour for, for <laughs> that so you're for an hour i will yeah i'll find something else to destroy in the meantime um so hey there's a debate going on and it's gonna bleed into the southern baptist convention next week in fact um there's a debate i think between tom askell and dwight mckissick on complementarianism at the convention and um i i just want to kind of walk through for laymen who are watching this maybe they don't quite understand what the big deal is uh especially those who might be attending the convention how should we as christians think about this or you know those who aren't seminary professors uh but just you know laymen um pastors in rural churches and so forth how, how do we go about navigating this issue because it's going to be the buzz and our opinions are going to be asked about it because it is an issue so um I, I wanted to start off by showing, uh, this is a tweet um, that Beth Moore released on April 27th, and I'm sure you remember this, A.D. She talks about preaching on Mother's Day, and, and then Dwight McKissick, uh, who's a pastor in the Southern Baptist Convention, says that doing so is actually practicing biblical fidelity. And his reason is because gifts are not given according to gender, but the Holy Spirit gave those women proclamation gifts, and he opened the door for them to exercise them. So it's fine for a woman to preach on Mother's Day, and he's having a woman preach at his church. Mm-hmm. So you know, this, I mean, do you initially, did, when you saw this, did you have a problem with it at first? With, with Dwight or, or Beth? Because the answer that, is yes. Yeah, the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean did, did, did it, I mean, did it shock you, though? Were you, were you surprised that this is happening? Or maybe, maybe you weren't. I don't know. I think no, no, no. I, I'm not surprised that this is happening. This is, this, is, this is the zeitgeist. You know, this is the spirit of the world. I mean, at the end of the day, um, there are, the push in, in the world is to sort of try to eliminate these distinctions between male and female that are so obvious to, to most people. Um, and so, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this. Um, I'm surprised maybe that, uh, that Beth was so bold about it, but I mean, good, good for her. I, if this is what she believes, I'm glad that she speaks plainly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she came out there with it. You know, it, it's the lack of clarity, the muddying of the waters is frustrating. So she, she it ends up this, this whole thing <laughs> develops to where Owen's, uh, strand at uh, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, he, uh, puts out some articles on um, this whole issue of women preaching and the relationship between that and eldership and um, the function versus the role. And then Beth Moore says, Owen, I mean, this is drama, but um, I'm going to say this with respect as much as I can. I have self-restraint. Um, I'd be terrified to be a woman you'd approve of. And, and so this just like increases the drama. And then Beth Moore says, um, all these years, I'd given the benefit of the doubt that these men, and so this is Owen, this is, I'm assuming, yeah. Tom Buck, Tom Askell, they were the way they were because they were trying to be obedient to scripture. And she says, that's not what it is. It's misogyny. It's sexism. 
It's about protecting systems involved in covering abuses and misuses of power. So I, I sense the social justice language, the critical theory oh, yeah. all, over, all over. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the buzzwords. And you know, Beth Moore's is, is extremely intelligent. And, um, one of the best things, one of the things she knows best is how to market herself. And so she is, yeah. she is laser focused on, on winning a certain audience and she's very successful at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, people were very defensive. I remember, I, and I'm, I didn't put this in this little slideshow, but I, I had weighed in on one of her threads and I was attacked immediately uh, and, and called all sorts of names. And it wasn't like yeah. scriptural arguments were being used against me. It was just, yeah. you're a hater basically. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and I, I don't have any problem saying how, I mean, I am impressed with how competent she is at what she does. Um, I'm not saying that it's, it's correct, but she's an extremely competent woman, extremely intelligent. There's no question about that. Anyone who tells you otherwise is, is not telling the truth. She, she's, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you there. So, so here's where we're at kind of now. This is uh, May 31st. Um, Beth Moore puts out a tweet and she uh, references a gentleman who is egalitarian. And she, she's kind of forwarding this idea that there's this big tent, this big complementarianism tent, and she's part of it. And then Al Mohler comes out and says, we have reached a critical moment in the Southern Baptist Convention when there are now open calls to retreat from biblical convictions on complementarianism, embrace the very error that the SBC repudiated over 30 years ago. Honestly, I never thought I would see this day. Mm. Then Beth Moore tries to kind of backtrack. She deletes her tweet uh, by a man, uh, a, a person named Honeycutt, and she puts out this explanation. I, I don't know if you read that, but it, it wasn't, I don't think, much of an explanation. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, Al Mohler was then praised by people on the complementarian side. And, um, and, and so th this argument is still going on. And I wanted to use this quote to launch our discussion here. It's from Tom Schreiner. He says, a discussion and a debate is going on today among complementarians, and we should always welcome further clarification. A fundamental question we all need to ask ourselves is whether we love the complementarian vision in scripture, or are we slightly embarrassed by it? And so he, he kind of gets to the heart of like, there's a motivating thing behind all this. This isn't just maybe a disagreement over scripture. There's a willingness to want to kind of kowtow to the world and get approval from them. Yeah. And I think he might be tapping into something there. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Tom Schreiner's positions on this, but I, I think the quote is very astute. There's a really funny scene in a, in a movie about a series of debates that Doug Wilson did with Christopher Hitchens. Um, I think the, the movie's called Collision. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a really, it's a really interesting movie. But anyway, at one point in that movie, um, Christopher Hitchens is talking about, you know, the slaughter of the Amalekites or something like that. <laughs> and he says, well, you're, he, he says to Doug Wilson, he says, you're, you're, you're forced, if you, if you have this view of God, that you have to say that that was a, that was a good slaughter, right? And, 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 and Doug Wilson says, oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a good thing. And, and Christopher Hitchens goes, oh, I got you to say it. <laughs> and, and Doug's like, um, you didn't get me. To, I'm happy to say it. You, you know what I mean? Like, like th this is the thing. Like, one of the things, you say what you want about Doug Wilson. He, he's not embarrassed about what the scripture says. He doesn't, he doesn't care what you think he should be embarrassed of. He's willing yeah. to go with it. You know what I mean? And, and I think that when it comes to the complementarian issue, that, yeah, there is sort of a – you know, I, I know husbands are the, the, the head of the home, but it, it kind of like apologetic about it. And, 
there's no reason to do that. And, and in fact, I think you, sh- you definitely should not be apologetic about this position. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that clip you brought up. I remember that. And, and Doug Wilson says afterward, he goes, he says something like, well, it's not as good as what I'm about to get you to say. And then Christopher Hitchens is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, well, you also think that it's good to kill the Amalekites. And yeah. he shows how there's no moral standard. So, of course, Christopher Hitchens has to be okay with it as well. So sure. um, I think it, something similar might be happening here. It's kind of like these, if you want to call them soft complementarian or egalitarian, you know, this kind of shying away from what the scripture actually teaches they want to get people that are more conservative and you and I would be in this to say these things that are politically incorrect, but then we can say, well, it's not as good as what we're about to get you to say. And because, because if you want to be consistent, you're going to have to throw the Bible under the bus and that's not going to go well for you either. If you want to have any position in in a Christian, well, at least at this point in a Christian institution. So um, I was hoping we could define our terms a little bit. I, I I want to get your thoughts on this. I uh, put out a, this is just kind of in layman's terms. I, I didn't go, I mean, I've read academic books on this, uh, but I, I just wanted to kind of cut to the heart of this debate that's currently going on. And so here's, here's what I came up with and, and different people would say it differently, but egalitarianism is the idea that the Bible does not limit women from teaching men scripture in the public gathering and being elders. And, and so I, I said, the attitude is scripture's disregarded really, I think, uh, so that's egalitarianism. Just there's really no difference. Uh, women can preach, men can preach, women can be elders, men can be elders. Um, and then soft complementarianism, which I think is what we're dealing with in this debate with Beth right. Moore. Uh, the Bible does not limit women from teaching men scripture in the public gatherings occasionally, but it does limit women from being elders. So they find the scripture kind of embarrassing. That's the attitude that I see. Right. And then, of course, what we would both agree on a complementarianism, the Bible limits women from teaching men scripture in the public gathering and from assuming authority, so a church eldership, over a man. Sure. And this is, I think, the biblical position. Uh, are you cool with those definitions? I know they're simple. Yeah, they're, 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 they're probably oversimplistic, but for the purposes of our discussion, I think it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, if that's kind of the framework, basic framework, I should say, uh, we're working off of, I want to just look at some scriptures and I have my Bible here. Um, Genesis two eighteen, right? It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And, and of course, in context, God has just made man and he's given man a job to keep and cultivate the earth. And, and then, and here's woman. And, and this is, you know, from creation. Uh, it, it's so fundamental to I think our understanding of complementarianism, this is really about God's design. Um, and, right. and so a, a, I know a lot of hay is made over that word um, helper. Right. And, uh, you know, I had someone, I, I'd be curious to hear your response to this, AD. I had someone tell me, this is in one of Beth Moore's threads, that, well, a helper is the same, it's the same Hebrew word that God uses to describe himself sometimes. So mm-hmm. there, there's nothing, there's no hierarchy going on here. What would you say to someone who says that? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, even, even just uh, the premise itself that, that using the word helper means there's no hierarchy is, is preposterous because there's obviously our, hi- our hierarchy with us and God and God's at the top of that. So, I mean, y- unless this person was, was literally arguing that, that, that the woman is at the top of the hierarchy, you know what I mean? Um, that, that I don't really see, it seems like a non sequitur to me. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's like going to another verse and just you know cherry picking. Right. Oh, here's here's where the word is used. God helps us, and and I was like, well, yeah, but in the context, right? <laughs> there's a job that Adam has and a job Eve has, and this is the job that God gave Eve uh, to help right. Adam in, in and, his and job. It's, and it's very clear that there, so the word helper, it, it, there's a distinction there, and 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 you know, I, I don't think anyone denies there's a distinction between us and God, so. I don't really, really, I don't really even get what the what the point yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it's just an argument I heard, so I figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah, I, mean, I want you to add in some verses here as well uh, after we read these two, you know, verses that come to mind for you. But First Corinthians eleven, uh, and of course we're jumping in kind of mid sentence here, um, but it says, "For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of." the angels. And, um, and as I'm, I'm reading this, I'm actually flipping there in my, uh, assault Bible right now. And you know, the context of, um, this passage is headship, right? Sure. And so th- the reason that God says that there's a headship of men in a sense over in the sense of, um, you know, they're, uh, not that they can lord it over a woman, but that uh, they are uh, responsible and, and they have, like we just saw in Genesis, a job um, that women are, are to help with is because of creation and the angels. That's what it says in the text itself. And so I don't see anything cultural here, which is the other argument I've heard. Um, you know, what, what do you think about that when you hear someone say, well, that's just what Paul's saying to the culture at that time? Yeah, um, I mean, that, that, is, that is the common thing. Um, but you know the reality is that that Paul, Paul, Paul. I, I think even a lot of secular people admit that Paul was a genius, and he, he he when he writes, he writes in such a way that that he kind of he he kind of um kind of assumes the argument against him, and so the kinds of things that he'll say when he's this is First Timothy, for example, he's talking about a similar idea, and and this is the the verse where he says. Um, that uh, a woman is to learn quietly with full submission. Mm-hmm. I do not allow a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. And so you can just hear the debater say, well, that's cultural. That was, that's old fashioned. And, 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 and Paul goes, because Adam was formed first and then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. But she'll be safe through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. Paul doesn't allow that as an option because he's connecting this to the creation order, what happened right. in creation. And so um, I, I don't think we can look at the creation story and say, well, I guess this, just, this is just a culturally applied. No, this is, this is reality. God created everything. This is the universe. This is our world. God created it a certain way, and Paul's applying that way that he created it in a certain way as well. And so that argument doesn't really get off the ground for me. And, and let me just take this opportunity to say that, that this, this issue is so crystal clear. I mean, there's, there are some things in Paul that are hard to understand. That's a biblical position. In fact, I think that's a quotation from the scripture. Uh, Paul, there are some things in Paul's writing that are difficult to understand. This is not one of them. This right. Is, this is, this is easy to understand. It's repeated over and over. And I mean, we're just scratching the tip of the iceberg here. Right. As far as, and so yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll respond to an argument like, hey, that was just cultural, but it's just so obviously not. He, he ties it to the creation order. M- most everyone, you know, in reformedom used to understand and, and not acknowledge that, but, you know, yeah. here we are. 
I guess. I mean, you could you could take anything and just say, well, that's just cultural. I mean, if, if you're going to do that, right. like anything becomes cultural. Um, right. It's it's a, it's 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 one of these arguments that you just throw out there. It's I I used to do this myself when I would when I was debating with that when I was a, a new Christian. I, this is how I was taught to to argue. Um, a debate in a, a, an atheist or a secularist or you know whatever, and they bring up something in the Old Testament. My default argument was, oh yeah, that's the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't follow that anymore, and, and and it's just one of these throwaway arguments that just shuts it down, but it doesn't really mean anything. You know? Yeah, you know, in First Corinthians eleven, um, there is a cultural element. I mean, I believe in a grammatical historical approach to Scripture and to each other, and to the Constitution, and to every written document. Right, like common sense applies, and we need to look at the original audience, authorial intent, and what were they trying to communicate? And in 1 Corinthians 11, I mean, the cultural element seems to be, yeah, there were temple prostitutes in Corinth. They shaved their heads. It was a shame. Women should have a head covering. There, there's, there's a cultural element perhaps here. But Paul doesn't use, like, like a concept of headship may have looked different maybe in different cultures. I've heard this argument. But he doesn't root that concept in culture. It's rooted in creation mm-hmm. and the angels. Uh, he says. Um, you know, in verse eight, man did not originate from woman, uh, but woman from man. Uh, sure. I mean, it, it, it's, he's going back to Genesis. And so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. I, I don't understand what, when people do that, because I think they're just putting acid on the Bible. Everything's destroyed at that point. And let's, let's also take this opportunity to say this as well, that, that first Corinthians 11 um, let's just be honest. It's mystified many people. And I remember when I first read it, I just didn't even understand what was going on. I mean, he's talking about the, you know, head coverings and all is because of the angels. Like, I don't really get it. Um, but again, like <laughs> this might be a theme of the rest of our conversation, but I don't feel the need to have to understand it completely to know the clear verses about women exercising authority in the church. There's, it's just so much clarity to that. That right. this complicated verse, which let's just be honest, it's a little bit more complicated. This First Corinthians eleven, it is. I, I mean, I'm not saying I, I don't think I understand it. I think I might, but but yeah, <laughs> let's not confuse the issue with the confusing stuff. Let's look at the clear stuff. You, you know? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I'm, with I'm you. a simple guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, I was going to do this later, but I, I think now would just be a good time with the way our conversation's going. I just, I feel like we should say this. I think it's obvious to probably the people listening to mostly our our base that listens to us, that they know that we're not advocating that women and men are somehow like men are worth more or something, but, but we need to say it. I think like, this doesn't mean that women and men are like any less made in the image of God because they're one gender or the other. Like, like we're, we're saying that there's a hierarchy that God has established and it's, this is where the word complementarian comes in. There's different roles and functions um, so it's not a worth thing. I just thought I should mention that. Absolutely, absolutely. And if and if you have any if you have any uh, doubt about that, all you have to do is look at the Trinity, because you know we we see Christ submitting to the will of the Father, um, and I don't think anyone would say Christ was less valuable than the Father because that's what he did. That's what he did. Absolutely, no, nobody would say that. So uh, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> we're not uh, good. Good clarification. It's 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 worth saying. Yeah, yeah, just in case. Um, so 1 Corinthians 14 is another verse. I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, 34, the women are to keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves just as the law also says. And sure. in the context of 1 Corinthians 14 is the gift of prophecy. And um, and so that that's where Paul speaks. And he's, he's talking about churches uh, here, it looks like. So um, 
the the Bain verse though that keeps getting uh, and this is First Timothy. You actually were just I think uh, quoting this. Yes. The main verse in that that's at um, uh, controversial right now is verses twelve and thirteen of First Timothy two, and and you quoted this. You know, Paul says, "I I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet." Where it was Adam, and he, he, again he roots it in creation. Sure. Um, this is where there's a dividing line. And I want to ask you what, why you think there is this dividing line. I mean, is it just cultural embarrassment or like, so, so here's like the two schools of thought. One of them is, well, Paul is saying that women just can't be elders. That's the exercise authority. It doesn't mean that they can't necessarily preach sometimes. It's, it's just the office of elders. But it seems to me, it's yeah. obvious that there's a function going on. It's, it's yeah. speaking um, that he's talking about. So, yeah. Uh, you know, what's, where's the, why, why do some people approach it differently than we would? Are, are they just not taking the creation order into account or what is it? <sighs> well, I could, I could give you the easy answer, but um, <laughs> I mean, the easy answer is, is, is the effects of sin. I mean, sin, even in Genesis, when, when, um, when, when, when men fall, when Adam um, eats the, uh, eats the, the fruit, um, God even says, you know, your, your desire is going to be for him, but he'll rule over you. It talks about this struggle. So, so, so that's what the, the easy answer is. But, but th- this verse is, 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 is so, again, I mean, I just have to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, belittle people that have the other opinion, but this is just so crystal clear. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not just talking about the office. It's talking about uh, teaching. I mean, it's just very, very clear. It's talking about the office and the function of that office. People want to, people want to pull that apart. And I don't understand how you you wrap your mind around pulling the office and the function of the office apart. But but it doesn't even matter because because if 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 anyone out there knows a way to preach without authority, I mean, I would my mind would be blown. You you can't preach in an unauthoritative way unless you're preaching something other than the Bible. In which case, it's irrelevant and don't do it. I mean, I, I, there's no way to preach the Bible in an in an unauthoritative way. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you are on that, at that pulpit, the people receive it as the word of God because you're preaching the word of God. If you're preaching on something else, it's completely, I mean, that, you shouldn't be doing that for all kinds of other reasons besides the fact that you're a woman. So I wanted to ask you this. I think that was an excellent answer. Uh, what about someone who give you pushback and say, AD, if women aren't supposed to have um, authority over man. How do you explain Deborah in Judges yeah. or Miriam's song in Exodus 15 or Priscilla tutoring Apollos in Acts 18, um, women who prophesied publicly in the New Testament, Acts uh, 2 and, and 17 and yeah. Corinthians 11. So, yeah, like w- w- where do we put those things? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I mean, not, not only that, but we, we've got, you know, women that, um, you know, I, I think about Esther, for example, she had a tremendous influence on, on the people. I think of, uh, there have been women that have done assassinations on behalf of the Lord, like there have been women involved in all kinds of things like that. And, and I think, so there's, there's two, there's two things I'll say about this. Number one is, I, I'm going to go back to my old principle. That's all very interesting. And it's worth talking about Deborah. It's worth talking about Priscilla. It's worth talking about Esther. I think it's interesting to talk about. And, and we can talk about the circumstances that led to those situations. And there's lots of different ways you can interpret that. However, um, it still has actually nothing to do with the clarity of these verses. The clarity of these verses is, is so clear that 
all that other stuff, it, it's, it's nice, but it, it really doesn't matter to me because I can understand first Timothy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can understand, uh, Paul's letters very well because he was a genius and he wrote in a very clear way about so many things. So, um, that's my first response. My second response though, is that I think, especially as complementarians, we, we need to be careful to say that there could be circumstances where a woman would be in a leadership position and, and that would involve leading men in certain circumstances. There could be circumstances like that. We can acknowledge that. And I think the Bible gives us you know, plenty of examples like that. However, the Bible also talks about how the reality is if, if that becomes commonplace, if that's like the rule instead of the exception, that that's actually, that's a, that's rebellion. That's, that's an example of God's judgment on your nation. Right. Um, the, it, it, the Bible, look, we, we, we're not going to be ashamed of the Bible. It talks about, you know, like your, things like your, your, your soldiers are going to be women. Why would it say that? Why would it say, well, your soldiers shouldn't be women. That's why. And, <laughs> yeah. and just because there's a woman in the Old Testament that did an assassination and it was a good thing, it was a godly thing, doesn't overturn the fact that if your soldiers are like women, that's actually a judgment. But yeah, it was, it was a shame to Barack that Deborah was even you know, doing what she was doing. So right. And, and so we can talk all about that if you want. And there's a few different ways to interpret it. Oh, it's a judgment against, against the people. Or it was just a certain circumstance that it made sense. I'm, I'm okay with all that. And, and if you look at, there's a list of things women do. And you look at Proverbs 31. This is not like the, the, um, the, you know, the barefoot woman who's only good for, you know, making meals and, 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 and giving birth to babies. It's not like that. The Proverbs right. 31 woman isn't like that. She's got all kinds of responsibilities. In fact, uh, under her husband's authority, she's basically running the house is what she's doing. She's buying a field. She's considering real estate. She's, you know, she's, 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 she's bringing home goods from the marketplace like a, like a, like a, like a, like a ship coming from faraway lands. Like, like she's an mm. awesome woman. But none of that stuff negates the clarity of First Timothy. It just, it just doesn't. It, so so my, my inclination is to just say, look, we can talk all about that, but it really actually has nothing to do with the issue. It's really a side issue. Yeah. I wanted to, to float this idea with you. Um, I, I was thinking about this this morning because I knew we were going to be talking about it. The... The idea of polygamy, um, I don't want to get into polygamy like in detail at all, but like, but a lot of the patriarchs were polygamous, right? And of course, there's all sorts of things they did that we look at now and we think are horrible things, you know, sure. we might call them sins, but you know, um, God doesn't specifically ever call polygamy a sin. In fact, when David's uh, with Bathsheba, he said, I would have given you more horses and wives, plural, sure. if you wouldn't have done this. So there, there's... Sure. God does not endorse polygamy. I don't see an endorsement anywhere. Um, but there is a deviation from the created order. And of course, in the New Testament, leaders in the church can't be husbands of multiple women. You have to be a husband right. of one wife. And so, so I was thinking about this and I was thinking that's also rooted in creation, the one man and one woman. That's right. And, um, the question I think that is not being asked uh, in this debate as much as it should be is what ought to be the case? What should a woman's role be? Not what right. can a woman do, what can't a woman do, but what should a woman do? Like what's right. the ideal that God has set up rather than yeah. trying to like find this nuance where we can then, you know, stuff some, some egalitarianism and, and get a woman to do something that normally men are supposed to do because right. it's permissible. Like it's just the wrong way of thinking about it in my mind. Sure. Like you could justify polygamy that way and say, well, where does it say that you can't? Like, it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
I, I so. do know what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think, I think you're onto something there for sure. I think, you know, we, we can, we can be sure of a few things and, 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 and one of those things is that, that, that a, a wife should be oriented. It's like an orientation towards the home. Now, how does that work itself out? Well, so, so someone might ask a question like, should, should a girl who, should my daughter who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to train to be a godly woman, someone who's oriented to the home, should she go to college? And, and, and I, I think, I, I don't remember who I, I heard this from, but it doesn't matter. But, um, but the point is, this doesn't originate with me. So the question is, sh- should my daughter, who I'm trying to, to train to be a godly woman, go to college? And the answer is, well, that depends. Is, right. is, she, is she going to college in order to have um, this, uh, this high-flying career to climb the corporate ladder, to, uh, to um, you know, do that kind of thing? Or is she going to college for other reasons, so that she can be a good mother, so that she can uh, teach her children, so that she can help her husband? What does her husband do? Mm-hmm. Would it be valuable to have? Because at the end of the day, like women have a tremendous influence on the church through their husbands. It's not a direct influence. It's an indirect influence. But, but think about it. All of your pastor's wives um, have a tremendous impact oh my on the life of the church because they have a tremendous impact on their husbands. It, well, and their children. The hand that rocks and, the cradle rules the world. Right. So, yeah. so, so it all kind of depends. So like these do or, list of do or don'ts, can I say definitively, should a woman go to college? Yes or no. I can't say definitively. It depends on the reasons. It depends yeah. on why. Um, and so, so I think, I feel like you're right. It's, it's more of a, what should the, what should they be desiring? What should men and women want, uh, be doing? Um, you know, is there a list of yes or no's? Well, there are some, but, but, I think a lot of our questions would be answered if we just kind of had the, the right orientations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having, having an affirm, affirming standard to appeal to rather than sure. trying to find the exception. I mean, it, you know, it's the same sure. way with entertainment choices, not to be a dead horse, but you know, when people say, well, it's not wrong to watch that movie or it's not bad. Right. I'm like, well, okay, but is it good? Like what does right. it do for you spiritually? So yeah, I, uh, it's good, good discussion. Um, I wanted to apply this to the debate in mostly Southern Baptist circles. And uh, just, just for laymen, how do we exercise discernment? Because we're going to be hearing different things, especially those who go to the convention. Like They're going to be hearing statements that might sound good, but, but how do we nail down whether that's actually biblical or not? So I wanted to just throw out some names out there. And these are, all, these are things that were said in uh, di- different settings in public. Um, so the first one is Wade Burleson. And I think he's out in Oklahoma, but he says, um, the Bible frees spirit gifted women of Christian character to serve shepherd, shepherd, (laughs) teach, lead, and minister to God's people in SBC churches. And he then kind of endorses what Beth Moore did. And so, so we look at someone like Wade, what would we say? Would we say, I mean, it seems obvious to me, he's probably more on the compliment or the uh, soft complementarian side or going into egalitarian. I don't know how you differentiate those exactly. I think one slides into the other, but yeah, I honestly think they're the same thing. Um, because, because, um, the, the idea that, you know, the only thing they can't do is be a literal elder with the, uh, the, the official title. Uh, and that's stupid in my opinion, because if you're doing all the same things, then that's what you are. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Shepherding, teaching, leading, right? Like, so, okay. <laughs> so, 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 the Bible frees, I mean, I could, I could just re, reword this. The Bible frees spirit gifted women of the Christian, of Christian character to be elders because that's what he's describing. Yeah. So, 
So, so yes, I would say that maybe he would consider himself a soft complementarian in fairness to him. Um, but this is an egalitarian position. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point you bring up. I mean, it's like someone saying, I'm just going to like lead the nation, make uh, decisions for the nation, like, you know, do everything a president does, but I'm not the president. Like, it's like, what? Like you're doing everything that. And and I I think, I think, you know, for, and I know you didn't ask me this, but you kind of set this up. Like I want to talk to the layman, someone who is, is kind of trying to decipher these things. And Right. All you have to do with something like this is use a different example. So would it be appropriate for me to do everything that I do with my wife with another woman as long as I don't call her my wife? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's no, devastating. That, that would be preposterous. Everyone, you're treating her as if she's your wife. No, it's not appropriate, obviously. Right. And, and the reality is that that's what Wade is saying here, that you can do everything an elder does. You, yeah. just, can't, you just can't have the title. Which, which, by the way, I mean, it'll only be a matter of years before people saying that will say you can have the title too. Why not? Because they've already done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a gateway drug, I, I, the soft complementarianism, I think. Sure. Uh, so here, here's another one. I'm going to start going through these and just uh, getting your take on it. I won't really comment much. Uh, Dwight McKissick, he says uh, to Beth Moore's tweet, we read this earlier, that she's practicing biblical fidelity because gifts are not given according to gender, but the Holy Spirit gives women the proclamation gift and uh that's pretty much his the only other thing i'll add is he wrote an article uh last year and he's talking about um the the having beth moore as the president of the southern baptist convention and he's like why not and he's using deborah and all sorts of these other women in sure. scripture who did things and lottie moon and sure. uh so Dwight McKissick, where are we put him on the well, he's, he's an egalitarian as well. And, and okay. what, I would say, what I would say about this comment, it, it, it's not true. I mean, it's also irrelevant because, because I think the Owen, uh, the Owen uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Strand, Strand I think. Strand. Yeah. The article that, that I don't know if we'll, we'll get to it, but, but his article does a good job. And like, we don't pick elders based on gifts. We pick them based on qualifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God picks them really. He, you know, we, we call them, you know what I mean? So, so this, that's kind of irrelevant, but, but also it's not true because the Bible describes the apostles as gifts and all of the apostles were male. <laughs> so yes, yeah. it is according to gender. Listen, I'm not, I'm, I didn't choose the apostles. I'm not embarrassed about it. God chose them and they were all male. <laughs> yeah. And they were a gift to the church. So yes, okay, I guess that gift was was uh gender uh exclusionary i guess you could say all right here's another one that was excellent uh thabiti and wibley um so he wrote an article in 2011 this is back in 2011 i'm a complementarian but ah that's i love that women must be taught and they must teach and he says this is so vague but he says i think we'd have be uh, healthier churches and our sisters would be have healthier experiences in our churches if we could envision a wider field of usefulness for women that includes teaching in appropriate settings and does not view every instance of teaching as a threat to male headship. I'm a complementarian, but the Bible teaches that there's more women can and should do in this area without overturning the structure of authority also plainly taught in the Bible. And of course, he agreed with Beth Moore. So I yeah, have to so, up there as well. So, you know, and, and this is the thing that, that I think is so interesting about Thabiti because I actually don't disagree with the words of what he said, but, but I know what he's saying, especially as he's saying it in, in regards to Beth Moore, uh, we could do a little speech act theory on this because the reality is that 
that if a man thinks of any kind of situation where a woman teaches at all as a threat, mm-hmm. that, that, that's not the position that a man should take. That, that's not, a, that's not a, a consistently biblical position. We have too many examples of, of a woman, like for example, you, you talked about Priscilla and, and Apollos, you know, things like that. Like, like that is something a godly woman can do. However, however, um, <laughs> he talks about we should have a wider, uh, wider feel of what they should do in the church. Like, compared to what though? Like, what, what, that's where the slipperiness comes comes in here, and and it's just like yes, women like women teaching at all is not necessarily a problem. It's just a matter of who they're teaching, when, why, in what context. Like, that's the issue. It's never really been. Uh, a major issue besides that. So, so I don't know what, what it's, yeah. it's hard for me to like really say anything about this because he, he's very careful about how he writes. So maybe I agree with him. Probably well, I don't based on his commenting about Beth Moore. I'm just going to note this as well. Uh, he says power and privilege based fear digs in every time and never views progress and equality through the eyes of faith. And so this is like a personal attack about against yes. anyone who would go against Beth Moore. And it's the social justice language. And I, I just feel vindicated in this because yes. uh, so often this whole debate is presented as, well, there's this side and there's that side. And they both have points and we should just kind of right. talk about this. And and we've made the case for a while that, no, this is like a new gospel. This is a new worldview, and it gets into everything, and it'll fundamentally overturn everything. And this is an example of that. Thabitian Wibbly, like the way he approaches this, he just thinks about it differently. He looks at everything as uh, power and privilege. Like, yeah. So he just applies it to this new issue. But, uh, and, and look, and the reality is a, a good balance is, is hard to, to strike because, like, we, we, don't, we understand that, that feminism is on the march, is on the move, but we don't want to overreact and say, okay, so because women are trying to usurp authority in the church, that therefore women can't learn. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying that, but, <laughs> right, but right. maybe there are some the people. Probably, there probably are some people saying that. Some, there's, there's crazies everywhere. Yeah. But, um, but this idea like women should be taught, like yeah. show me who's saying they shouldn't be. Right, and right, right. Why are they saying it? Well, let's talk about that. But anyway, what? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've said this for a, for a long time. If you look at like Russell Moore or even uh, Bruce Ashford or any of the guys who have this third way, it's like not Republican, right, really. Right. It's not Democrat. It's this third way. Whenever they set up right and left, they it seems like they always set up right. The right wing is like the extreme of the extreme. Like they, they put Nazis over there, and they're like. Yeah, these are the guys who think that like women should just and it's like the worst fill in the blank. Yeah. And then for the when they talk about the left, it's like the most reasonable left wing kind of moderate that right. they use. It's just like it's a different scale than we're used to. It sure is. So anyway, thought I'd make that comment. Uh, J.D. Greer is the next one. Uh, I have a few quotes from him. This is something he posted uh, March 15th of this year. Can women teach in the church? And he says throughout the Bible, we see women instructing and exhorting mixed audiences also both publicly and privately, and he gives examples. Uh, Women can teach large Sunday school classes and Bible studies as long as they don't mimic teaching authority of an elder. And he says women cannot teach during the weekend service, though they can give testimony, offer insight, and speak encouragement. And then here's the last quote. Men can work, uh, well, this is, uh, I guess, a summary of some of his beliefs. Men can work for women in the church setting in certain departments as long as women place themselves under the authority of elders. What do we do with this? <laughs> so, so I'll give I'll give him a little bit of credit for the soft complementarian position, and I won't right. necessarily call him an egalitarian. However, um, 
this 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 whole idea of like so so first of all he starts with a non sequitur Miriam Deborah Pasil this has nothing to do with anything essentially um, the the clarity of the verses is still clear even despite De Deborah Priscilla all this stuff um, teaching and admonishing one another yeah okay I get it um, what's this this whole thing about mimicking the teaching authority of an elder like <laughs> like it just it's yeah, just so like. If I, I I wonder if you asked him how to define like how to notice it like give me good a good example of someone doing that. Yeah, that I don't, it's actually like so so Andy, I, I I actually like think it's hysterical when I read this because I'm thinking of a woman doing an impersonation of their elder because uh -huh. I'm like like what 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 else could you right. mean like he's right. doing everything the elder would do in Sunday school as long as you don't what like use their mannerisms like I, I don't right. Um, but but he says it's responsibility for shepherding and be the beginning stages of dis of discipline. So like what like what does that even mean? I, I don't know. I, there's just so there, there's just so much squishiness here. Um, so I'll give him a little credit because yeah. at least he not like that first guy Wade who's like oh they can shepherd too they can do it. like so I'll give this guy a little credit. But but um, this is a embarrassed to be a complementarian complementarian position. Yeah, and 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 he's. Well, yeah, I'll leave that comment. Let's go to the next guy. Oh, it's your favorite. It's your, it's your pal. It's Russell Moore. Um, so he wrote, this is in uh, August of last year. Will complementarianism survive me too? Dude, I, I hope you can like interpret this because I have no clue what he's talking about. Here's what he says. A genuine complementarian church ought to be the church where the men are constantly asking, how should we give away our authority and power? in every way that is biblically allowed in order to empower others? And how are we to set aside our own interests in every way that is biblically allowable in order to further the interests of others? Here's the second quote. Mm -hmm. What we are seeing now is a sifting of hyper-complementarianism and a biblical complementarianism, he added. Well, this is an article about, uh, I guess he was interviewed. He added, noting that the hyper-variety emphasizes the distinctions between men and women in such a way that magnifies those distinctions beyond the commonness and sameness that we have what yeah, in the world yeah i mean i can kind of like if i'm being chair if i'm being charitable i i mean i could kind of understand what he's saying to a degree i, I don't want to be a hyper complementarian in the sense of i don't want to go overboard like i just got done saying that there's an overreaction that you could do mm -hmm. I, I agree with that um and then with the, with the other thing, it's just like setting aside your own interests. Well, you know, the Bible does set, say you should not only consider your own interests, but also the interests of others. That sounds pretty biblical. But, but I, I just don't understand how, like, if you're a pastor and you, are, you have a certain authority when, when you're preaching the word of God, like, you can't give that away. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really get it. Yeah. It, it's like so, so vague. It, it's like, yeah. I look at it. I'm like, okay, like everyone agrees with this. Like, what are you saying? That's right. That's, like, okay. Well, here's but I guess, I guess, it's, I mean, it's not his fault if we all agree. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I, the problem is that, that he's aligned himself in such a way that it's like, you see something like this, you're like, eh, I'm suspicious, even if you shouldn't be. You know I mean? <laughs> well, he, he shadow boxes a lot. Like he'll go yeah. after this villain. Cause I'm thinking, okay, he's arguing against something in this that he hates, yeah. but like, what is it? Like, I, is there so so he may be like in his mind maybe what he's saying is perfectly legitimate it just doesn't seem like a helpful clarifying kind of thing sure. to say it doesn't it muddies everything well here here's something that's a little more clear and it's one word from russell moore uh pastor steve gaines said earlier this year why shouldn't the next president of lifeway be a competent godly woman 
I see no biblical reason Lifeway has to be led by a man or a former pastor. And Russell Moore says, amen. <laughs> so a little more clear. Uh, oh, man. So, well, hey, what's, what's wrong with that? I mean, they can't be pastors. Well, why, why not uh, the president of a Christian publishing company? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen, that's something we can certainly talk about. Um, I, I honestly like... <laughs> I always find this interesting. Like we talk about like uh, female professors of uh, pastoral theology in, in seminaries. Like, so a, pa- a female can't be a pastor, but she can teach a pastor how to be a pastor. She can teach a pastor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, look, l- listen, I, if I know people bring this kind of stuff up all the time and to me, it seems like a red herring. It's just like, okay, so if I grant to you that a woman could be the, the, the president of Lifeway, are you willing to go with me on, they cannot be, they can't preach. The answer is usually no. So like, what's the point of even talking about it? I don't yeah. even care. You, you know what I mean? Look, if the woman is like, I could see an example where a woman, you know, could be a, you know, a leader in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a business, you know, she doesn't have kids anymore. She's an empty nester. Probably you know. 31 even. I mean, she's right. Right. She, yeah. she, a woman can have a business, you know, that's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, but if a woman's like, oh, I'm setting out my life to be the president of Lifeway and I'm going to ignore kids and my husband and things like, like, that's a problem, obviously. So, yeah. The, the thing is too, <laughs> they, they, well, they, but they think that they're doing something that that's, I think why this is kind of important is because they think that they're like arguing against something that's wrong. Like, like he's saying, why can't a woman? He's like defensive off the bat. Sure. Uh, so, so there's like something out there that they're concerned about. And, and that's where I'm like, okay, what is it? Who, who are you talking about? It's you uh, and me. It's you and me. Yeah. That's what I think. I, 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 I really do think that. Uh, so all right. Here's some, I mean, in case that was getting upsetting to you, uh, here's Tom Askell and Jared Longshore, Founders Ministry. Here's an interview. Jared Longshore says, whoever the pastor is, that's her. I must have not <laughs> transcribed this. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, oh, here we go. I, I read it wrong. Whoever the pastor is that's having her preach, uh, talking about Beth Moore, and whoever the pastor is having the other woman and across Southern Baptist churches, if there's more, those pastors need to be rebuked. Tom Askell, absolutely. Jared Longshore, those pastors are oppressing these women. They're enabling them to transgress God's command. So that's by having them preach in a Sunday sermon. So, yeah, well, it's certain. I mean, I don't know if I would call it oppressing, but it is. It is definitely um, cowardly, and it is putting them in harm's way, and it is not shepherding them properly. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. Uh, this is a complementarian position. It, you yep. know, if you are, if you are allowing a woman from your congregation or another congregation to preach to your congregation, you are failing all kinds of people mm-hmm. and especially God, because God commanded that you not do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, this is, this is, this is right on. I, I think that, um, the fact that we've got, you know, Beth Moore running around preaching on Sunday is an indictment against the church. Yeah. Here, here's another one, Tom Schreiner. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he, he uh, talks about 1 Timothy 2, 12. He actually makes a point we've been making. It doesn't speak directly to eldership, but to function. And the command is rooted in God's creation. That's right. And so he says, I think the function of a woman teaching or preaching scripture in a sermon or a mixed Sunday school class is also prohibited. Yeah, I think Tom Schreiner is exactly right. That that it's it's very clear that that not only does it not separate the the office and the function, but it talks to both. It speaks to both. Yeah. Um, again, Paul was a genius. He didn't write in a way that allowed for too much wiggle room. The only way you could disagree with Paul uh, and be a Christian um, is um, 
is to twist his words. And so, and, and actually Peter talks about that. They twist his words. So yeah. um, he doesn't really give you outs. That's not how Paul writes. And, um, you know, anyway, so, so yeah, this is a good. Is a good and, and honestly, like, you know, if you think you're throwing a bone to the world because like, look, oh, we're, we're tolerant. We're letting a woman teach us a mixed Sunday school class, but she can't be an elder. Like the world's not going to think that you're so tolerant. Like you're still like, there's no halfway measure here where you can satisfy like one side and not the other. Like you have to actually pick a side here because <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to be sucked into the vortex on one side or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, you know, that's kind of why I always bring up that, that Doug Wilson quote, because it might as well just go with the whole thing because <laughs> they're never going to be satisfied. So why not just tell, start at the outset? Hey, I'm with what God does. So whatever he does, that's the right thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Denny Burke, uh, same kind of thing. He talks about first Timothy two twelve, and he talks about it being a function. So yeah, I mean, we don't really have to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, he's a complementarian then as well. Cause he's saying the same thing. Uh, yep. Schreiner. Um, Owen, uh, strand, uh, he, so, so you read this, right? This blog, yeah, uh, Pathios, what did you think of that? I, I thought it was a great article. I thought that there was a lot of really important points, uh, a lot of key verses that you know he brings he brings to the table. I mean, some of the, even some like uh, there's a couple. I'll just pull up a, f- a few sentences that I underlined because I think yeah. that they're, they're simple, but but we really need to like understand this for sure. And this is like one sentence. He says, "Biblical teaching on the sexes is not bad." Period. It's like, just stop there for a second. You need to, everyone needs to understand that what the Bible teaches about women and men is good. And the, and God knows better than you. So whatever the icky feeling you get when, when God, you know, mocks the armies of, of, of so-and-so by calling them women, that makes you feel icky. Well, I'm sorry, but that's good. What God said is good. Your soldiers should not be women. It's just that simple. Right. And, and, and then, and then like, there's another one. So, um, he talks about how all, all preaching and all, all biblical teaching is authoritative. And, and it, so it's like, if you speak and interpret the scripture, you speak with the full weight of eternity on you. It cannot be otherwise. That's just stop right there. You cannot preach without authority. There's no distinction. If you're preaching the word of God, it is authoritative. And he has given that task to men. So I, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but I'm not sorry because that's what God says. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Preaching, preaching itself. I mean, that, that, when that word is used in scripture, it's a man that's Always. doing that every single time. Always. You can tell me all the examples of, oh, the woman at the well, she told everybody about Christ. Yep, she sure did. She didn't preach. Uh, oh, this person was correcting Apollos' theology. Oh, yep, she sure did. She didn't preach. You know, like there's, there's, there's no time when the bible uses that word to describe a woman doing something it just yeah. doesn't happen excellent point excellent point yeah so yeah this article um i think that this was in response to beth moore and uh and the, yeah. and i think he mentions uh not just beth moore i think he mentions jd greer in this but he's he's not i mean his tone what did you think of his tone just out of curiosity i thought it was respectful oh absolutely yeah. oh absolutely and and i and i gotta be honest like when I, I've seen Owen's name before and I've seen it in certain circles. So I kind of have a preconceived notion of who Owen is before I've even read anything of him. And I was expecting him to be 
um, softer. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. Due to no fault of his own, just because of the associations that he has. It's my own, that's my own problem for prejudging. <laughs> what I read here was not soft. It was, it was very clear. And it was absolutely, I, I, I make fun of this term a lot, but I, it was winsome. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> it was written in a way that I think is, is extremely respectful given the, yeah. given, given the topic. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, um, tone issues, like I, if, if someone has a tone issue with this, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, this is, this is great. So, so I'm going to actually take that link and I'm going to put it in the info section. So if you're watching this yeah. and you want to check out that article, I would highly recommend it. Uh, just go to the info section. It's right there. Uh, so last um, but not least, I want to talk about Danny Aiken. Uh, there was a recording that was put out there yesterday online, and I've, I've listened to it now twice because I really want to make sure I understood his argument. And I think I get it now. Um, but let's take this one kind of line by line or, or like a few lines at a time because there's a, a few things that I put um, here for us to discuss. He says that Beth, the Beth Moore tweet was stupid, dumb, it wasn't helpful. And we would probably agree that I don't know if I'd use those <laughs> words, right? I would use those words, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a little little out there, a little harsh. Uh, but I don't like his tone. Honestly, that, that tone is worse than anything I've seen in this Owen article, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. So, but he believes in a kinder, gentler complementarianism that asks, what can women do instead of what can't women do? Yeah. Now, that sounds really appealing, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds so nice to, to ask that question. Like, do you see an issue with that? I mean, I don't really have like a logical issue with it, but, but I, I, those are both the wrong question, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what did God design women for? What, 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 what are, what, what's a woman's orientation to be? That, those are the questions. So that what really should matter. women do is more a question we should. Right. Think. Well, what should women, and, and even more, maybe, maybe this is better, I don't know, but what should women be all about? What should be, what should be their goals? What should be their desires? Um, and I think that a lot of the questions of do's and don'ts get answered when you establish what, the, what they should be about, what, what their lives should be about. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so he, he has this soft complementarianism, I guess, this kind or gentle, that's what he, in his own words, complementarianism. Uh, sure. And it seems like he doesn't like the Beth Moore tweet just because it's, it's not helpful. I, I don't know if he theologically disagrees. He didn't really go into that. But, but here's what he says um, about what women can do. He says, he, I don't see anything in the Bible that says a woman cannot be a king, a queen, or a prime minister, or a president. Uh, this, again, is a preference. I don't think it's smart to have women referees or a, a woman coach for a bunch of guys. That's a wisdom issue. I can't give you chapter and verse. <laughs> he says, women can pray and read the scriptures before the Sunday sermon. They can assist in baptism, and they can serve the Lord's Supper. He begins to get uncomfortable if a woman starts exegeting the text. So, so, so I want to tell you real quick, I want to hear your thought, but th- this is how I started making sense of it. When I started hearing him say this, I was like, you know, what? it sounds like he's got two standards. There's, there's one standard, and, and he said this in the recording. He says that women can't be elders and they can't be leaders in the home. And that's all Danvers says, and that's what he believes. Um, but then he uses this other standard. And you, you look at the words, I've underlined a few of them then, but he, but he says preference, uh, wisdom issue, uncomfortable. Sure. There's like this other standard that he says, well, I don't think a woman should do this because I, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Um, I mean, what do you think of, of that? This, do you think women should be able to do these things or, or 
I don't know. What's your mindset? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I listen. I think what I find so so silly about this is that at the end of the day, if the Bible doesn't allow women to exposit the text at the at, at the worship service, which which I say it's very clear the Bible does not give the women the authority to do that. If you are saying it, 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 I'm just uncomfortable with it, so it's a wisdom issue that they shouldn't do it, that's actually a prejudice. That's a, if, if you're not going with the, with, the, with the idea that the Bible actually disallows it, but you just don't like it, and they, therefore they shouldn't do it, that's actually misogynist. Like, mm. that's actually sexist. My position is not that. My position is, is that the scripture commands the, uh, that, that, uh, that authority is, 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 from, is, is to the pastor, and the pastor needs to be a male. That's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with my desires except for the fact that I desire to do what God says. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so this whole sentence here kind of struck me as like, I don't know how he thinks this makes it better. This actually, in my opinion, makes it much worse than just doing what God says and saying God commands it. Instead, it's just your opinion that, oh yeah, I don't want a woman to be a referee. It just doesn't, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like I, I don't want women in the military, for example, in combat roles, because I think God says that that's abominable. I think God says that that's wrong. That's right. why I don't want it. But if you just said, well, I don't want women in, in, in military roles because I just don't like it. It's just icky. Like you're a sexist dude. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause it, he says, I mean, he says elders is off the table, absolutely off the table, but yeah, right. there, there's this kind of hesitancy about, women exiting the text. So he he's also, in, a, in a low key way, trying to pull away the office from the function, even though right. he's not completely doing it, he's doing it in a low key way. Right. So he's, he calls people idiots. The word he uses, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very winsome. Uh, those who think there's this movement among women to have a woman president of the SBC. Now, I mean, we just saw the, the article by Dwight McKissick where he's like, I want Beth Moore, the president of the SBC. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, whether or not there's a movement among women, I don't really care. Um, but the reality is there are many in the SBC that would like to see her as president, whether they're women or not. And if she right. ever becomes president, which I don't know if she will, but uh, whatever, it doesn't really matter. If, if that ever were to happen, it would not be the, 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 the fault of the, the female movement. It would be the fault of the men in the SBC. Exactly. And maybe he's right about that. Like, it's not the women who are maybe conspiring to do this. Right. It's going to be men letting it happen. Um, and I mean, he's absolutely right about some of the things he says. He says some very good things, by the way, in this lecture. But, you know, I'm just trying to make sense of, of what he actually believes sure. and where he lines up on our scale. Um, but, you know, it, it's the thing that he didn't address is can... Uh, can a woman be the president of the SBC? Because he, he says all these things. What can women do? That's the question he wants to ask. Well, they can be queen. They can be all these things. Um, but hey, they're idiots, the people who think that a woman would ever be a president of the SBC. But it's like, but, but, but can they? That's what I would want to ask him. Right. Uh, like, forget the practicality of it. Like, why not? Well, I mean, so. in order to be consistent, I don't understand how you could say they couldn't. If, if a woman can be the queen and that's godly, God-honoring thing, and that's totally fine if we had a, a world full of, of female kings, the president of the SBC, what would be the big deal? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so here's where it gets, it gets really interesting. Um, I think it starts pinning down more his belief in these next quotes. He says, I'm very much where Russell, R Russell Moore, Russ is. Russ has been one of the ones 
that has been helping promote the Women's Network. And they just met recently last week at the ERLC. And, you know, engaging these questions. I will say this. They were severely wounded by Owen Strand's blog piece, which we just talked about. I thought it was quite Good. wrong in both tone and content. So this, Yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. Why don't you go ahead? And I, just, I was, this is where I started to get more troubled because I'm, I'm like, well, what yeah. was wrong in content? And the tone seemed fine to me, but like, wh- wh- what is there to disagree with? He's just forwarding what the Bible says about. Yeah. So it's, it's basic. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's nothing, there's nothing controversial about what, what Owen said, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think, and I, and I, and I say this again, I went into this article expecting just because of his associations for him to be softer on this. And he's not. Um, in fact, I think he could have gone further and have been totally within his, his biblical warrant to do it, but he didn't. And that's fine. I have, I have nothing to quibble with the article. What I will say uh-huh. is this, that, that if, if people and if women were wounded by this article, good. I'm glad that they were, because the thing is the word of God does that sometimes it, it just mm-hmm. does. Point. And, and so, um, you know, you're right. That, that, that quote kind of makes me seem like maybe he's a little softer of a softer complementarian than I thought at first. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I, and, and here's where it even got more. So I was like, okay, maybe he's like re- really soft. Cause he says, um, he talks about Chriswell uh, letting his wife teach a co-ed Bible study at first Dallas. And he thinks, and this is the word he used, it was unwise. And then, so listen to this. He says, I think it was probably even, I don't want to say unbiblical, because if I say that then, and he cuts himself off and he says, I'll just say, I don't think it was the truest expression of what the Bible teaches about what women do. I, I don't have a problem teaching, you pick the context, co-ed, exceptionally, but not normative. If Lottie Moon were alive today, would I have her come to my church and speak on a Sunday morning? I would but she wouldn't be there every Sunday in the authoritative position of a teaching elder. Uh, it strikes me as, it yeah. strikes me as just like watching one of those presidential debates where you get asked a question and you're just like, <laughs> you don't want to answer it, but you kind of have to, because if you yeah. don't, you're going to get slammed. So like you answer it, but like you don't say anything of any value. You just kind of go between two positions and expect it to all make sense at the end. It just doesn't. Right. This, this, this makes no sense. This makes no sense at all. So it's unwise, but it's kind of unbiblical, but maybe not. But it would, could she preach? Yeah, she could, but maybe not every Sunday. Like, it just, it's, just, it's just, there's no consistency to this. And I'm not going to say that he doesn't have a, con- a position that he holds consistently, but he sure, sure as heck did not communicate it. Yeah. And, and this is in a, a class, uh, the video that I saw, I think it, uh, the, the title was... Um... Oh gosh, it was something on uh, gender. So it was sure. men and women. So, so the class is actually on this subject. So yeah, yeah. so Al Mohler, um, he, he put out that tweet about Beth Moore and you know, him and, and Danny Aiken are friends. And it would be cool, I think, if, uh, if this is not happening already, if uh, maybe some of the things going on at Southeastern uh, were addressed. Because um, it's sure. not just Danny Aiken necessarily that's saying some of the stuff that, I mean, people are paying for, you know, in the pews for their pastors to learn. And it sounds similar to some of the things Beth Moore saying, but um, I, I wanted to show you this. This is, um, this is the church Danny Aiken goes to. It's Wake Crossroads. And they put out an email. Uh, this was, I think, last week or the week before, but they're 
um, they have a, the search team. So they have a search committee at their church and it says chairperson, not chairman, but chairperson of the search team is a very woman. Very politically correct. Yeah, yeah, very politically correct. <laughs> a, a woman's name. So, so they're looking for, uh, I guess, a pastor because that would be what a search committee does. And a woman is the, the chairperson in charge of searching for a pastor. <laughs> it, it just, it seems, it's weird. Um, and, and then you look at the seminary itself. If you go to the website, even right now, the trustee listing. So here, here's the chairman. So they're not as politically correct as the seminary. Uh, the chairman is uh, another woman. So the, the person in charge of helping like craft men's curriculum and, and I guess hiring professors and I mean, the, just the spiritual health and everything else, financial health of the school is, is a woman. So I'm like scratching my head a little bit and, and it, it doesn't surprise me as much that Danny Aiken believes what he believes if this is kind of the church and the seminary that he's at. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, to me, it's just, uh, this is the, this is an example of, I think what, what, what Russell Moore, I think was saying about, we should try to give up as much authority as we can to, to the, to the women as biblically allowable. So are they within their biblical rights to, to have a chair woman, um, looking for a pastor? <sighs> I mean, chairperson, chairperson, AD. Chair, chair person. very, yes. Chairperson, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't really want to weigh in too much on that, but the reality is, is why would you think that's a good idea? Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't really, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of silly to say, well, a woman can't be a pastor, but a woman sure knows who the best pastor is. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it just seems right. kind of preposterous to me. I don't really think there's, like, you know, again, we, we talk about Deborah, we talk about Priscilla, there's certain circumstances that led to these things. Is there a, is there a, a um, just a, a lack of men that are capable of, of, of running a search, pastor search? I highly doubt it, but yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or being the, the chair chairman and the trustee board, it's the same thing. It's yeah. right. I, I highly doubt that the problem is that there's just no men capable. Yeah. I, I think there's some engineering going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good point. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, well, I'll say this. And this is, to, this is, I, I think you, you, you wanted to gear this towards the layman, you know, someone who's just trying to figure these things out. If they have opinions on it, but they're just trying to weigh, you know, what does the scripture really say? And, and I think, you know, I, I'm a simple guy and, and, you know, I, I didn't go to seminary or anything like that. There's nothing wrong with seminary, but I didn't go there. This is, there are some things that are hard to understand that, you know, maybe, a, you know, knowing the Greek, would be helpful. Now, you know, going to seminary might be helpful. Um, there are certain things like that that are a little bit more complicated. This is not one of them. Hmm. It is easy to understand what Paul says in, in, in 1 Timothy. It is very easy to understand what Paul's saying in, in, in passages in Corinthians and some of the other pastorals. It's easy to understand uh, Genesis where, where, where the woman's made as a helper uh, for her husband. Um, these are things that are not the, the, the applications might be slightly more complicated, but um, it's not difficult to understand what, what God has in mind for men and women. And so um, I would just encourage you that um, though you might hear complicated sounding exegesis, st stick, with, stick with what you know is true and, this and also pay attention because the same people that will use this complicated, oh, it's a cultural thing, this, this weird exegesis here, they won't use that exegesis almost anywhere else. They just use it here. And it's just because they want to do this for some reason. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to put motivations, but, but uh, don't feel like you have to be a scholar to understand this. You don't. Amen. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, AD, where can people find you and how can we be praying for you? 
Yeah. Uh, so um, you can find me uh, on YouTube, just A.D. Robles, R-O-B-L-E-S. Um, and that's the main place. And then also I'm on Twitter, and that's uh, Real A.D. Robles, kind of like Real Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you mentioned Doug Wilson and Donald Trump in one podcast. This is not good. Those are the two uh, people you cannot name. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm just I failed gonna last night, and I failed. Please. <laughs> I'm going to knock him down again. So Please. I, I'm right. a, very much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless, AD. Thank you. Appreciate it. God bless. You too. how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.